layers on layers on layers of programming until you decide to keep your head firmly buried in the sand. We embark into new territory as the deep state rise, rise in agony, and we the people rise up against the sick pedo cult. The deep state is continuing to be dismantled by Trump, Q, and the Patriots. If you've been paying attention, then you might see all the programming that exists to keep you in line with the rest of the lemmings. As I've said before, turn off the fake news media. They are not your friend. Myself, Klaus, and others are your friends. Unlike the Luciferian left, the deep state, demonic swamp creatures, and the perverted, sick Hollywood leftists, we don't want to see the world burn. I said to my roommate the other day, the coronavirus is a perfect example of mind control programming. Oh look, a squirrel. They know, if, they know that if they can prop up something through the fake news media and create enough hype to then create more and more nonsensical narratives, more and more nonsensical articles, and more and more nonsensical television shows to distract you from what is actually occurring, they know that you may in fact keep your head buried firmly in the sand for the rest of your life. We stand for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We stand for intelligent conversation and curious questions to enact curiosity in those listening. The war in Afghanistan is coming to an end, Planned Parenthood is being defunded and dismantled, and sanctuary cities are being destroyed. Federal judges are being appointed across America just in time for the storm. I've said it before, and I will continue to say it until the moment it happens, mass-scale arrests are on the horizon. The fake news media never wants you to realize that those in power have been lying to you incessantly for decades. Justice is almost here. Are you ready for it to be served? What needs to be done in order for mass-scale arrests to take place? Do we need more troops coming home to assist in the takedown? Do we need law enforcement on the side of we the people to force the rule of law in the U.S. Constitution? Do we need the various intelligence agencies cleaned out and all the bad actors either fired or resigned? Are you still skeptical about QAnon, or do you believe that we may, in fact, be living under a matrix of, matrix of control? Has your perspective changed at all since we've been doing this podcast and embarked on our quest to reimagine culture? Allow the waves of groupthink to rid themselves from your body. Let yourself consume a red pill. For truth is, in fact, stranger than fiction. And if you want a good prepper for what is to come, do yourself a favor and watch the series Stargate SG-1, seasons 1 through 6. For we are not just talking about the takedown of massive deep state cabal syndicate, but we are, in fact, talking about the sovereignty of humanity. They've never wanted us to realize our true inherent power in our divine intent that is even more powerful if we unite together and spin our own narratives speak truth to power be courageous with friends and family around you do not hesitate when you come into contact with someone who's fully plugged into the fake news media apparatus think for yourself research for yourself and come to your own conclusions we are on the verge of a golden age of humanity and our true power is limitless like trump has said the best is yet to come Damn, I guess I went a little over the three-minute mark there. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize I wrote that much. <laughs> Just a spidge. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's funny, man. Like Sometimes I just get these feelings where uh, I got to write some stuff down, and it usually turns into the monologue. So. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. You got to get some stuff off your chest. Yeah. I mean, I can only bottle things up for so long until it all comes out. <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like it's sometimes it's really hard in our field, especially when uh, we can't really have these conversations or talk to people about it. Sure. You know, like you and me could talk about it when we see each other, but or if we're recording or something. Right. But uh, otherwise, it's kind of difficult in this uh, current climate or environment. But I mean, it seems like things are changing a little bit now. I don't know. Like I felt a little more. Um, like stronger in what I'm saying nowadays. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've been feeling that at all. I think, uh, I would say I, I, I probably have in terms of what I'm talking about. Um, I know we, sometimes we say offensive things on here, but it, <laughs> we're also just trying to exercise like, you know, our free freedom of speech. And I don't mean malintent mm -hmm. on everyone. Sure. <laughs> and I don't mean malintent on pretty much anyone, just the fact that, you know, some of the people in power are liars and there's some. 
<laughs> well, I don't think Donald Trump's necessarily a liar. No, I don't think he with is. With all things. I, I I'm actually sure some I I don't I think I feel like he's the first person to actually be more transparent than other people in politics. Mm-hmm. Um I think that some some of the things he has to lie about for operational security, honestly. Sure. Um and he doesn't want to. He also doesn't want to play his hand and let the deep state know what he's doing. Right. So I think he has to be hush hush about certain things. But I mean, I was thinking about it the other day too. It's like, you know, we talk about uh, leftists getting triggered or people getting triggered, and yeah, like like you were saying, we don't mean any malintent. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, I was thinking about TDS, and I had actually thought about bringing it up in this podcast like a few days ago. Um, I'm sure you've heard of it, right? What's, what's TDS? <laughs> Trump derangement syndrome. Oh, I've heard of. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's not in the DS five, DSM five yet. Right? <laughs> There'll probably be an amendment out after <laughs> Trump wins 2020. So, yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> for me, I I kind of um, you know, people joke about it a lot, but yeah. I kind of I see some truth in it in the in the perspective of people that get brainwashed from the fake news media or from their television sure. to the point where they're spun out so much that they, they take verbatim what the talking head on TV is telling them. And so that becomes their reality where if you say to them like, Oh yeah, like I like Trump. They're like, what? Like they, they freak out. And then you try to tell them that. You know, some people in the media, you know, maybe they're lying to you. Maybe they're prepackaging a story and presenting to, presenting it to you on TV that is not entirely accurate. And like, I feel like a lot of people just like can't even listen to that mm-hmm. or can't even like fathom that the news, the fake news is like prepackaging a story to them when it's been like going on for a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, I think there's intelligent people out there though on -hmm. both sides that are aware of it and they choose to i don't want to say ignore it but they choose to just not watch it um like my fiance i I was talking to her about some of the stuff that we talk about on here Mm -hmm. without obviously saying some of the stuff we say out here (laughs) but explaining like uh some of our the ways that we talk about things and what we think and she made sense of it and was just like, oh, you know, like kind of like to each his own. Like uh, there's some, like all of it makes sense. Like, I was like, yeah, like a lot of them are liars, like in terms of the fake news media. And she's like, yeah, that's why I don't watch it. A lot of it's bullshit. A lot of it, they do sinister, dark stuff under the scene, like under the scenes. Like it's almost, it was almost like to her, it was common knowledge. Sure. And I was just Mm -hmm. like, people probably think the way we think regardless of the side, but it's how you choose to use the information. Mm. That's true. Yeah. Do you think it's to the point where, um, I guess with someone like your fiance, like maybe she's a little less interested in it. Mm -hmm. So maybe there's that. And then there's, do you think there's people too that are even like scared to speak up now in the current environment? Yeah. There's probably, there's probably people that are afraid to speak up and you know, it's the pendulum swings, you know, in ter- and right now it's swinging in favor of the left, but I would imagine that it'll swing back in favor of the right. And it's that it'll just be this, but vice versa, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, vice versa or whatever, how you say it. Mm-hmm. But it, I think it, it does. It, it, it just depends on how people want to think about it and how they want to talk about it and whether they're willing to air it out into the open world. And most mm-hmm. people aren't willing to, air it out sure. you know like matt you know the idea of maga is people are getting beat up there's kids that get stuff thrown at them like there's an adult who what threw threw a milkshake at a kid who is 16 years old which in some states that's assault yeah so i mean spitting at people is assault in some states you know mm-hmm. yeah well it's interesting you say that too because Maybe I just disagree a little bit here mm-hmm. um, because I I have perceived um, the pendulum swinging a little bit to the right mm-hmm. as of late. Mm-hmm. And um, 
And I kind of noticed that in all the like memes that I'm seeing out there, the you know people will do the gifs or gifs, whatever they are. Um, and I'm I'm seeing a lot of the rhetoric out there on social media where people are kind of cutting down the the left, you know, and their like Democrat nominees mm-hmm. and making fun of them because they're just they're they're gaffing all over themselves. I mean, like Biden or Breadline Bernie, whoever it is. Yeah. Um, they're just they're making an ass out of themselves. They're making an ass of themselves like on national television. And I feel like people are are waking up to that reality that they are um, they're seeing these people who for who they truly are. But I mean, at the same time, I do recognize that it it probably varies by area as well. You know, depending on where you're living, what state or county or whatever. Um, but I'm seeing I'm also seeing more and more like MAGA can- candidates mm-hmm. that are running, and even a lot that are into QAnon. And it's kind of like we talked about before, like a lot of it starts at like what you said, the subatomic level. So it's like it has like people have to realize it and then go to their like local offices or local elections and vote for these people who are also aware and kind of seeing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of see that like the fake news media, they've had such a stranglehold on us for a long time and it's it's so left leaning that I think it's like hard to see sometimes, but if you look in the right places, like it might be a little more noticeable. Sure. Um, if that makes sense. I, I think it does make sense. I did want to back it up and talk about the pendulum swinging. Mm-hmm. I think it's starting to swing the other way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still think right now the pendulum is still in the left area. If that mm-hmm. makes sense, I think mm-hmm. the momentum is starting to swing back and i think we will see a lot of it swinging swinging towards if not the right the middle sure at when once trump wins 2020 because mm-hmm. he's gonna win i you yeah. know biden is basically a speed bag for him <laughs> i can't wait for the debates yeah like but yeah i think oh like you're like we've been talking about and i think you mentioned in the the monologue with the transfer of new federal judges mm-hmm. we're gonna see a lot of things starting to shift yeah, and they, you know, Bernie says, "Oh, there's sh- the establishment's getting shook or shaken, and they're starting to get scared." You know, the establishment has been the deep state, which is the left, sure, for mm-hmm. so long. So it's it's I kind of to me it's ironic that he talks about that, and the fear I don't think is so much of him winning it's the fear of you know the spread to me it's the spread of communism or socialism Mm -hmm. but at the same time you're going against someone who plays fucking 12d chess yeah (laughs) you're gonna lose when you can't even play checkers Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know who who gets very upset when the crowd starts booing who are in his favor Mm -hmm. generally in the democratic favor yeah at, at, at some of the debates yeah and I've thought about that idea as well because I almost perceive MAGA, Q, Trump as like being separate from like the true far-leaning right Republicans. Mm-hmm. And like so if I'm thinking about the pendulum right now, I would almost see MAGA as being – if there was like a left, a center, and a right, almost it being in the middle between center and right, if that makes sense. In terms of like the left and the right, and they, you would say Mag is more in the center. No, no, like not in the center, but like a little to the right of center. Okay. Because because then I just think about like almost if you know if people are thinking about like traditional conservatives or something, you know when there are some people who are out there that you know um, I guess look poorly on things like gay people. Or, or even like suicide um, and for me like I don't have an issue with gay people there are gay people that are MAGA um, and for you know I think like with with certain things uh, suicide is like really like frowned upon or shunned but like in our profession 
you know, we don't simply like dismiss people because they were suicidal or something. Sure. You know, we wel- we try to help them really. Right. And we tr- and we welcome gay people. You know, people really of all colors and creeds, honestly. So that's I don't know. That's kind of what my perception has been for a while now. Mm. Um, because then even you get like people like uh, you know Mittens Mitt Romney, who's out there like he's a never Trumper, but he's supposedly a Republican. So it's that whole like concept of rhinos, like Republican and name only kind of thing. Mm. So, I've never heard that. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, my uh, my friend, I think my friend told me about that, and I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. It it does make sense, and um, I I'm starting to think that uh, can't think of the name off the top of my head, but it's a Congress or a senator who's got. Was a Navy SEAL with one eye. He was endorsing a uh, candidate in Dallas Fort Worth area, and I was reading a lot of the comments. Like you, you know, you you say you're a Republican, mm-hmm. but you sign this, you know, you agree to some of these, you know, bump stock ban or, yeah. you know, like a lot of constricting of rights, and now you're endorsing someone who's basically doing the same thing in the Dallas Fort Worth area. It was very local. Mm-hmm. Um, local uh election but it's the fact that you're in you're endorsing that and your that endorsement reflects directly on who you are mm-hmm. as you know a candidate or someone who's in office and it's it's sad the fact that um these people rhinos which i love i love that term now let's start <laughs> using that rhinos are have it's almost like they've imp- parts of the the deep state I, you will have inf- infiltrated the republican party yeah because there mm-hmm. we're, we're allowed to be so free thinking whereas in the left you couldn't you couldn't pass with that unless you know mm-hmm. are can look so uniform but you couldn't be, be able to get away with a lot of the policy changes that maybe this individual has yeah has come up with yeah, the guy Dan Crenshaw. Correct. Yeah, that's yeah. that's his name. Thank you very much. And then, like for me, like I see, I like the eye patch. Sometimes I think of the all-seeing eye symbolism. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm, I know he got he was injured. I think yeah. like in in operations or something. Yes. But I remember I, I think I tweeted that out one time, and someone was like, "Don't don't do this to me, Dave. Like don't say that kind of thing." Yeah. Um, <laughs> but. But yeah, I mean, because then you see, then there's a lot of weird things going on too, where some Republicans have become Democrat, and then the opposite, some Democrats have been come, become Republican. Yeah, like nine <laughs> seats flipped or something recently from Democrat to Republican. No, no, I mean like actual people, like they're changing parties. I don't oh, know if you've seen okay. that. No, I haven't seen Republican go to Democrat. There's been a That's few, interesting. a few on each side, um, but there has been. Well, and like with Q and stuff, he would talk about the red wave coming, and I was just telling Klaus the possibility of California turning red, and um, and po- and flipping seats out out there. So th- I mean, that would be crazy. That would be wild if that happened. If like some of these major blue states turned red, like not just California, but imagine if like New York that happened to. <laughs> <laughs> be wild pretty rare because they have more strict <laughs> gun laws than i think any other state at this point they're like mm-hmm. trying to like big dick california <laughs> out of like having the like the worst gun restrictions and they're they're ahead right now yeah <laughs> but um before we forget this is the last therapist on the right podcast mm. uh aka ltr pod i am uh payback eddie and joined as always by my friend klaus groven and uh yeah we're just you know uh coming in hot here on a friday afternoon and you know trying to bring you guys some truth moms we are uh we're a little bit out of it ourselves we've been experiencing some experiencing some uh, burnout lately in our profession but um you know we're just talking about self-care and that sort of thing and um and uh you know it's a lot of uh doing the little little things whether it's like meditating or going for a hike or um you know just uh doing something like you did on your birthday too i, I wanted to make sure to get to that as well <laughs> um getting all getting on down to the range out there right yeah um, <laughs> shooting therapy if you will <laughs> yeah. 
gun therapy yeah gun therapy <laughs> well there is something to it too um something that i didn't realize until i got out there is part of it is working on your breathing you know i mean it's if you could almost com- i don't want to compare it to yoga or meditation completely but mm-hmm. there is a sense of where you are working on your breathing you're you know while you're scoping in trying to hit the bullseye or trying to hit a clay pigeon or whatever it is um you're working on your breathing you're working on your concentration you're working on i mean besides your marksmanship you're working on focus you're learning how to focus in on one thing Mm -hmm. and let go of the outer world around you Mm. and a lot of it is to me you know it's something we teach our clients i mean obviously not to shoot but to be able to focus on the moment and be able to ground themselves Mm -hmm. and for me grounding themselves or grounding myself has has been in that sense where we're going i'm going to the range i'm going to ground myself in what i'm focusing on right now and improving on my accuracy or improving on in a way sense myself because i'm trying to focus in on something that is different than myself Mm -hmm. and i'd be able to take myself out of the out of what is going on around around me and put it into my energy and my Again, my focus, my my passion into something that's different. Sure. That can that can help me in a sense improve myself by learning how to focus, by learning how to ground myself, by working on breathing techniques and calming myself down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. And so uh, that's just my dog Dex in the background. Uh, yeah, I mean, it that was actually a really good way that you put it, and. Um, yeah, I mean, that was, I mean, I'd probably say it that way if it got brought up in session to me with someone, mm-hmm. like if a client wants to do that or something, I'd probably express it in that manner. Cause I feel like, yeah, meditating or even for me hiking with, uh, with Dex, um, that's the kind of thing that I do. I try to focus on myself and get away from like everyone and everything else. And sometimes I'll like play music when I'm out there, mm-hmm. like running or walking. But for the most part, I'll just try to be out in nature, kind of connecting with like source is kind of how I perceive it. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, I mean, I think it was re- very well put there, Klaus. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, there's like more to it than that. And I'm not an excellent marksman by any stretch of the imagination. But even like learning how to come up with new strategies and factoring in wind and almost doing mathematical equations without actually doing math. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it, you know, there's more to it than just picking up a firearm and shooting. It's mm-hmm. learning what you can and can't do. I mean, while being safe, you know, practicing safety and making sure that when you're shooting, you know what's going to be behind that target. Yeah. There's tons of factors that go into it. I think people don't realize rather than just, oh, it's a gun. It's going to hurt someone. (laughs) Yeah, I came across that stat recently. I think you had told me about actually um, somewhere on Twitter that more people die from hammer attacks than getting shot by guns. Yeah, more people die from, uh, I think it was like blunt objects. So like (laughs) hammers, like mallets, like the things we use to... (laughs) hammering stuff to go to the beach <laughs> more people die from blunt objects yeah than they do from five i think it was assault rifle attacks because yeah yeah i just started cracking up because i remember you had said that on one of the podcasts before <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i remember i remember uh when i went on my trip to colorado with uh a couple of my buddies we did some clay shooting and uh I had never done it before, and so I was like really bad at it at first, and then um, and then one of my friends showed me like he pretty much showed me what to do. He he kind of like guided me through it, and it was yeah all about like like focusing accuracy, like keeping one eye closed, how I like held the the shotgun too, and uh, and then I was like much better at it right away. But just even that um, exercise of doing it just like focusing on like the one thing like that was definitely helpful for me too yeah so and then, yeah there's certain like muscle memory going into it and like building building uh i think confidence too mm-hmm. 
um, can come with that and building. I mean, you're if you're standing up holding a rifle, you have to be able to control a lot of where the rifle's going and where the shots mm-hmm. are going. So it's yeah, there's there's more to it than people think. Yeah, definitely, for sure. And you guys were out there for a while too, right? Yeah, we uh, about six seven hours. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was a it was a good time. Got to do everything from shooting twenty twos to shooting slugs. Mm. So it was it was it was definitely a blast. Nice. And I actually got my fiance to. She's very unsure and unclear about guns and not comfortable with them at all to be able to do some rapid fire training nice. with a 22 so it was nice to see and she's like i want it in pink and i'm like i'm not buying a pink gun but we can look into it <laughs> yeah nice <laughs> i forgot to ask too has she listened to any of the podcasts i don't think so okay i don't know if she would <laughs> okay It'd be interesting to see what she um, thought about some of the stuff we say. Mm-hmm. But yeah. she doesn't care for me to have an opinion. It's um, mm-hmm. and that's it's been refreshing in the relationship in that sense. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, well, like with her, I know she's interested in other things too. Um, but then I wonder if like people, people who are similar to her in that respect, like if they have left-leaning friends who would, I don't know, like have an issue if they listen to a podcast like ours or something Mm -hmm. like, you know, almost like societal stigma in a way. Yeah. Like if, I wonder if that happens with not just her, but with like other people too. I'm sure it does because... I mean, I can I can take myself and take mm-hmm. societal stigma where I look at, you know, Bill Maher or <laughs> um, Stephen Colbert, you know, and I I look at them even yeah exp- Jimmy Kimmel especially like just looking at them like they they're they're the old podcast if you really think about it mm, sure yeah and they I mean I don't people who listen to them I'm like oh I don't want to say I think less less of them but i'm like oh you think this way i already put them into a box i put them into Mm -hmm. you know an archetype Mm -hmm. of left-leaning granola berry eating hippie you know what i mean it's (laughs) i already i have to have my isae bowl (laughs) with my starbucks (laughs) yeah i don't even know what accent that was but yeah i I already put them into a category which isn't right I don't do that in the, you know, the therapy room, but I definitely do it outside. And it's like, okay, like you are already thinking a different way. You telling me that you listen to Bill Maher, I already think a different way about you, which is the same. I perceive the same thing as if I told someone, you know, or I'm wearing a MAGA hat or whatever, Mm -hmm. they're perceiving me a different way already. Sure. Yeah. And I had been thinking about this recently too, because I think I told you at one point I found my I found myself getting uh, like triggered at times with what like lefties were saying and with sometimes in certain environments like the conversation was dominated a certain way probably from like a left leaning perspective and there wasn't much that I could say about it and it was like really angering me and getting me annoyed um, I don't know I I feel like I've moved into this different space recently where. It doesn't really bother me as much, mm-hmm. which is kind of weird, but I've found myself having having more empathy for them where, um, you know, it's it's almost like I, I feel like it's not their fault because we've been conditioned as a society a certain way for so long to, like, watch Bill Maher on a Friday night and listen to him verbatim for what he says. Sure. Because he wouldn't lie to you. Why would he lie to you? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And so it's like, and I've experienced that in my apartment complex. I've I've walked around and I've seen someone in their apartment a couple different times, like sitting there on the couch watching Bill Maher. And I'm like, oh, okay. All right. And like, and I've had the same kind of thought process that you've had. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, well, I know like how this person thinks or whatever. But at the same time, I guess I've been able to gain a little bit more empathy because 
kind of like you've said before, which I think is a great point, it starts at like the subatomic level. So it kind of starts internally. And I think that I'm an example myself because I was able to break out of the mold that I was raised in, basically. You know, I grew up in a, in a leftist environment, um, not just my surrounding area, but my immediate family. And it took a lot of my own self-work and my own cur- curiosity to kind of like peer like outside of the box or like over the box to say like, what's going on over there kind of thing. <laughs> You know, so it's yeah. almost like uh, it's almost like that that level of curiosity like needs to be there, or like questioning. Um, you know, it's the kind of thing that I remember like the first conversation I was having with you about Q, mm-hmm. where like your interest was like really peaked, but you were also like a little like frantic about it. Sure, but there was something internally that was like ticking for you. Right. Right. Yeah, and it's like. I think it's the idea that you know something's off, you know, like I like I was mentioning earlier, like you know there's shady, you know, shady stuff going on mm-hmm. in in the deep state, which I'd call it now, but you don't know how to piece it together or where to start or what how to even have that conversation mm-hmm. without looking like, you know, uh, like I, I like Randy uh, Randy Quaid from <laughs> Independence Day. You know they all thought yeah. he was crazy. Mm-hmm. He turns out to be right. Sure, I know. Yeah, he's still doing his uh, his social media stuff too. Randy Quaid. Yeah. Well, he's gone off the deep end a little bit too. So, <laughs> well, just to make a, a comparison in terms of like f- film, because I've always loved movies, but yeah, like he. Mm-hmm. they all thought he was crazy and then you're like you have these thoughts and you want to voice them mm-hmm. but you also want to be understood sure you know and i think that's what it came down to is like, how do i make sense of all of this how do i make how do i make meaning of it well let me pose a question to you now sure knowing knowing what you know now a little bit more maybe i've Clued you in on a couple things. Do you think maybe he was made out to be crazier than he was because he knew some things or he knew a little too much? In real life or in the movie? Because I'm not familiar too much with what he says in real life. I just know he's been arrested and he fled to Canada and he mm-hmm. got, I thought there was some extradition charges or something like that. There was something. He, uh, yeah, well, that's the thing. He was beaten down in the media and um he's basically he's been a mega like trump supporter for a long time um and my whole thing my perspective with that is that he was he was basically thrown out to the wolves through the media because he went right leaning like a little too early before like the movement started taking on like the effect that it has right now and um I think there might have been some like tax stuff that was out there with him, but he basically turned his back on Hollywood. And I, I wonder if he saw something or he didn't want to be a part of things anymore. Um, I always wonder when that happens to someone when they're, they basically get like just like tossed out and um, like labeled or made to be crazy, like through the media. I kind of wonder about that because so much of it is, is like fake like so many times um i i tend to think there's like more at play there with mm-hmm. a lot of these people it I, it's i think it's entirely possible it's i like, i don't know i can't speak too much on it just mm-hmm. just i guess from an observational perspective and what you're talking about now it's sure. almost like the idea that like you said he went there too soon mm-hmm. where as like you know, like recently we talked about Mr. Clint Eastwood, sure, and him endure, you know, switchy, almost, you know, going to the dark side, if you will. <laughs> and it's interesting, like he, it's almost like jumping, jumping the gun on situations. And I'm not saying Clint Eastwood's jumping the gun on the situation, mm-hmm. but the idea that you flip one way and you come, you you're you're seeing it in, in a light where everyone is looking at you, mm-hmm. and you people listen to what you say you're going to be taken seriously 
but it's going to be amplified. Mm-hmm. Like times 100 or whatever you want to say, but it's sure. always going to be amplified on what you say. Mm-hmm. So the magnification of it, it blows up a lot. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I forgot to say this before. Um, kind of like with the, the pendulum stuff you were talking about. And I, I wanted to make sure to hit on this. Um, I had an experience recently actually with my parents. And I was able to, I guess... Convert them. <laughs> not yet, but that's, <laughs> that's kind of what I'm hoping for. But I was, I was able to kind of engage with them a little bit more than I have in the recent past. And... Like, I was able to, like, call Elizabeth Warren Pocahontas, and, like, my dad started cracking up, and I was like, whoa, like, mm. <laughs> that's, that's that's interesting. Yeah. And then, like, we were able to talk about, like, student debt a little bit, and my dad feels the same way. It's like, rather than wiping away all student debt, why not um, come down more in the universities for how much they're charging people, which is just exorbitant amounts, and I, that was another time I was like, oh, wow, like, that's interesting. Like, like we were able to have a little m- bit more dialogue than we mm-hmm. have before. Um, and, you know, of course, they brought up the coronavirus and, like, the fear-mongering type stuff. Um, but, but then I was able to say to them, too, this was interesting what I thought, um, because my buddy who's a Marine, he had actually texted me that they were starting the peace deal with the Taliban and I, I said it to them, and then it was almost like it was almost like they changed the subject like right away. Like they didn't want to reflect on like a positive thing that Trump was doing, because um, I know that they don't want us. They don't want to see us in, in like an endless war, really, you know. Um, but they didn't really want to go there. But like I was kind of I was just happy that I like threw it out there. Um, maybe like a mini red pill of sorts, who knows? <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, it was interesting, um, just to be a little more engaging with, with my parents on this kind of stuff. Yeah, it's probably, it's probably refreshing. I think because in that sense, we come from different backgrounds mm-hmm. of it where I have felt supported in that way. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the ways i think or different perspectives on uh being conservative or libertarian or whatever it is mm-hmm. um and having that those ideas and that ideology I, I think we come from different backgrounds and that's is all i'm trying to say sure and like it's it's got to feel probably pretty good to know that like i can start having an, a more open conversation about some of these things yeah and I, I just felt stronger in saying the things, too, which which makes me think of, like, this whole speaking truth to power thing that I've talked about before, where more and more people like us are getting out here and um, talking about these different things. And, you know, you could say getting on our soapbox or whatever, but I don't know. Uh, we, I mean, both of us love doing this and, like, doing the podcast and stuff. And, um it makes you think of like the hero archetype that you were talking about before where I kind of, I've kind of feel like we all have our own like hero uh, gene in us or hero like archetype in us. And for me, like recording this is definitely part of that where I'm like doing something that I'm really passionate about. It's a creative endeavor. It helps me with self care and it helps me sh- like share the message with others really um i feel like that's what's really helpful especially in like the environment that we work in um like working in treatment and stuff too because uh, i feel like a lot of us aren't sure and that's kind of why we would turn to like alcohol or drugs and that kind of thing sure and i, I agree with you i think there's like a, a the hero archetype for ourselves in each one of us it may look different but it's the idea that the archetype falls into similar qualities you know like mm-hmm. we might have different heroes or our hero archetypes might look s- slightly different but we still 
have to go on, you know, what they would call in Jungian psychology the hero's journey. Mm. And sure. facing the trials and tribulations and fighting fighting your shadow while coming to terms with um, your anima or animus mm-hmm. in that sense of finding different um, qualities, like female or male qualities within yourself and being able to overcome, like I said, that the hero's journey and mm-hmm. finding out for yourself how you can be a better you and sure. reaching a more authentic or true, true self. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny you say that too because my – my sponsor says that also about being on the hero's journey and um, being on this path that might seem completely unknown at times, but just kind of like having faith, trusting in a higher power, you know, if you want to call it God or your own understanding kind of thing. Sure. And um, just being okay with being okay with the unknown maybe having like a healthy fear in a way but um but yeah like i've talked with clients about the shadow self and a little bit of carl carl young myself um do you do you find yourself like bringing it into the room a little bit more i i think maybe unintentionally or maybe i have because I've been trying to reframe how I uh, conceptualize not just clients but how I conceptualize theory, and I think I've been going back more into what I would call my roots, which is more Jungian based psychology without talking about Freud too much or talking about Freud at all. Because I don't, I think Freud had a good base, but it 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 went a little bit too wackadoo for me. Hmm. <laughs> sure. um, so that's why I really like young Jungian psychology, and I think. Going back to my roots and incorporating that into the room, I've been able to be more confident in mm-hmm. a lot of because I I've been using narrative theory for a while. Be more confident in my narrative theory, but I'm slowly integrating um, the self and trying to explain archetypes and different um, ways to under, understand your unconscious with my clients and I think eventually I'll incorporate it but I have to be willing to do some of that work on my own mm-hmm. too and I haven't been there in a sense where I haven't been able to label archetypes and combat my shadow in a little bit so I have to shake off the rest if you will mm-hmm. and pretty much apply it to some of my own theory sure what is what is your perspective on like the idea of the shadow self? Like, do, do you agree with everything that Young was saying with all that? Well, what do you what in terms of how how do you understand the shadow of self? I guess it would be a good starting point. <laughs> Throwing it right back at me. <laughs> how therapist of you? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it seems from what I can tell, it's the part of yourself that is there and. A lot of times we don't want to look at, but it it becomes easier if we can become aware of it and accept it for what it is, that there might be a, you know, might be like a dark side to us or myself and being okay with it. It's just a matter of being aware and keeping it in check. Mm-hmm. It's kind of my understanding of, of it. I think that's a good good. Okay, that's a good starting point to talk about. Mm-hmm. I've I've seen it a little bit differently, pretty similar in terms of like, like it is a part of us and learning to accept it. Mm-hmm. I think there's a way to combat it, and if we if I if we wanted to put it in terms of uh, let's think a common thing in therapy would be maybe someone uh, like struggling with it like addiction. The shadow self could be the aspects that someone hasn't faced within themselves unconsciously mm. um, with, with a personal uh, personal uh, unconscious compared to the collective unconscious where the you know with the personal unconscious being maybe they haven't faced trauma and the way to mm. cope with it has been drinking and to overcome or combat the shadow would be like you said to kind of accept their own trauma because you can't change what has happened to you. You can only True. change what you become. Okay, so maybe I was misinterpreting it a little bit. 
I, I, well, I think, and that, and that's the beauty of, to me, that's the beauty of Jungian psychology is, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily maybe misinterpreting it, but maybe you see it a little differently than I do because I, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I just see it being able to, um, the ability to make changes of it like accepting it but be more being able to change the shadow and be able to t- take control of the shadow and sure. enter the self part of you mm-hmm. okay well then i mean it sounds like we were both looking into it a little bit more too and i mean like i was looking at a little bit more of his writing and he seemed to go down a little bit of a like communist or fascist uh trend in some of his writings so maybe it's like we agree with some of the things, mm. like some tenets of his philosophy or psychology. Sure. Right? I mean. Yeah, I, I haven't read any of that in, um, in terms of having a very, like, communistic or social. I, I'm, not, I'm not familiar with that with his work. I'll have to do a little bit more digging. Um, oh, I thought you were saying that before, that you had seen. I've seen that with something. Nietzsche. Oh, Nietzsche. Oh, that's right, Nietzsche. Okay. With, which with with uh, his, after he died, like his he's his, he's the one where his sister basically used it into German ideology and uh, started almost forming fascist or not Nazi Nazi ideas. Okay, which sucked because they took his ideas and then amplified it. No, um, I mean it's possible that Young had that had that happen, but I know um, his, it was oh I, he was more Marxist. I'm sorry, I misspoke. He, it sounded like he was advocating in for Marxism, from the stuff that I was reading. Carl Jung. Yeah. I get okay. Maybe well, how would you explain Marxism versus maybe some, some more communist ideas? Because I just lump them all together, and I'm like, yeah, the only good commie is a dead commie type <laughs> thing, you know? It's a good question. I, yeah, I I normally lump Marxist Marxism in with communism. I don't know. I don't know if there's a difference, honestly, off the top of my head. Uh, yeah yeah well either way i i'm not familiar with um that he wrote stuff like that i know his work is very um i won't say egocentric but it's a lot a lot of it is like you have to read it more than once and to most people it's mumbo jumbo even not the first few times i've tried to read some of his work it was mumbo jumbo to me. I, I'm because I'm wanting to go back. I would say to my roots mm-hmm. in terms of how people think and use free association of understanding themselves. I yeah. want to reread it and translate it for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot, actually, uh, Carl Jung, a lot of his, Carl Jung's followers were were women. So a lot mm-hmm. of his his own work wasn't spread after he passed away, and I believe 1961. So a lot of it because women were looked at differently, especially in the field of psychology at that time mm-hmm. they weren't taken as seriously okay well even reading it it felt very egocentric mm-hmm. and i was kind of thinking like who, who the fuck does this guy <laughs> think he is like because <laughs> then a lot of it was like mumbo jumbo like right. dude like come on man i get it you're a psychologist but <laughs> <laughs> and that's where i think translating a lot of older um theories or a lot of early early psychology is hard Mm-hmm. Because, you know, they're they are in their own heads. You know, Freud did a bunch of cocaine, and like he was in this cocaine <laughs> cloud. You know, <laughs> like, but at the same time, like it was a good baseline. But how can, how can we translate? For me, I guess I'll speak for myself. How can I translate young in psychology to where I can interpret it mm-hmm. and still apply it to, to, to today's therapy or today's theories? Or how do I make that injunction with? what is going on today mm-hmm. and i think it's possible but it it's going to also be very challenging because if you look at it you know the, the hero's journey was written a lot by joseph campbell you know who also followed a lot of the hero's journey joseph campbell mm. george lucas mm. if you look at star wars and the idea of the force mm-hmm. and when he goes into the cave a lot of it talks about you know, letting go and following the journey. You don't know what's going to happen next, but you're huh. believing in something greater than yourself, okay. which they would call the force. Hmm. And they try to translate it to combat evil. And even if you look at Darth Vader as a character, 
there's still light in him and even though he turned to the dark okay so vader gave in to his shadow and embraced the shadow and became the shadow where the self was not the true self the true mm-hmm. self was anakin skywalker oh okay i didn't and realize that with okay that's what at least that's how i've understood and i know um george lucas read a lot of joseph campbell and read a lot about the hero's journey and that's mm-hmm. that's i guess in modern pop culture if you will that's mm-hmm. the easiest way for myself to explain young in psychology okay and then the cave is it kind of like Plato's allegory of the cave? The cave, and turn. Have you have you seen Star Wars? Yeah, the cave in uh, which one? Is it? Empire Strikes Back. I can't believe I forgot for a second. That's how you know <laughs> I've had a long week. Um, the cave, when he sees himself in Vader, he can also see what his future can be if he does not take care in my in my own perspective of the shadow. So part of the hero's journey is understanding what you can become if you choose to ignore the negative aspects of yourself. Mm-hmm. If you choose to let the shadow take control. Okay. And keep yourself from becoming your true self. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I hadn't realized that that allegory was in Star Wars. Yeah, it's. Huh. Uh, I mean, there's also like the idea of uh, Nazism or fascism in terms of like the empire. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, in terms of like the main, you know, the main juice, the main, the, <laughs> the main course, it, it falls in a lot of lines with what the hero's journey actually is. Isn't it funny that they made the heroes in that movie called the Resistance? You mean the Rebellion? Or the se- the seconds the new- are you talking about the newer ones or the older ones? Oh, maybe th- uh, the newer ones. The newer ones, yeah, it is the resistance, right? Yeah. And who's the resistance nowadays? <laughs> <laughs> Except they are trying to portray that the resistance is against the establishment. Yeah, exactly. Where, where you know, if we're gonna put it in terms of political terms, like the liberals are the resistance, mm-hmm. and you know, Donald Trump is the evil. <laughs> first Darth order <laughs> they, they are the first order <laughs> yeah oh, man well we could uh round out this episode with our favorite segment <laughs> and what might that be eddie it is the deep state swamp creature of the day all right let's get the music out then <laughs> brought to you by ltr pod Join us as we tumble down a rabbit hole of leftist Hollywood idiots who cannot stop uh, putting their foot in their mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Our latest installment brings us Winona Ryder, Mm. star of such Adam Sandler films as Mr. Deeds. Mr. Deeds and... Mr. Deeds. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Deeds. Can't remember which other ones. Was she in uh, 51st Dates? No, that was... uh... Drew Barrymore. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, Winona Ryder says, according to her, uh, last few years under Trump have been a mind-boggling-like nightmare. Ooh, how dark and scary. Mm. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, she trashed uh, President Donald Trump while promoting her new HBO series. How convenient. <laughs> Wait, a Hollywood leftist utilizing uh, their platform to spew political propaganda? Nah. <laughs> so, what else did she say here? Do-do-do-do-do. Writer said, working on the series, made her want to speak out, do whatever I can against the Trump administration. Obviously, a lot has been weighing on all of our minds. The whole fear of the other... In the eyes of fascism, what's happening at the border, all of that is so outrageous. And I think the last few years has been such a mind-boggling like nightmare in so many ways. Uh, Yet you're not really saying anything. Uh, Let's see. 
The other, the uh, I, this is the first time I've heard of the othering. The othering that's the going. Othering. <laughs> I guess that's what they call our massive patriot movement. Mm. The othering that's going on right now in this country, quite obviously, is the misuse and abuse of people of color, black and brown people, immigrants, people from Muslim countries, people who are Islamic. That's now the cohort that is fundamentally happening in America. She's not even like making sense with it with this either. Like, it, I don't know what that sentence just really said. Um, I, I, if if I'm interpreting it correctly, you know, it's basically saying everyone but white people is what they're calling the movement <laughs> yeah pretty much no you know you can't be anything other than just cisgender white people <laughs> yep uh what else did she say here oh wait simon oh that might have been a producer that might have actually been a producer on this series that she's in or something who's saying this? stranger things because i know she's in stranger things no um some guy david simon you know he was of course bashing trump also uh what else uh yeah i don't this is something else here um who posted the washington post what? Who who posted this stuff? Oh, uh, this is all from Breitbart. Oh, okay. Because okay. they they're clued in on all this, you know, whatever they're saying. Um, Need a, they probably have a translator to help them. <laughs> <laughs> I think the problems that we're facing are enormous. Oh, this is someone else associated with the premiere she was at. Uh, the problems we're facing are enormous and they require state-scale solutions. Climate change, there it is, cannot be solved by individuals or cycling or driving electric cars. It has to be solved by states. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it's just the same shit. Like, ad infinitum. It's just like... It's just her spin on it, trying to get promote whatever new show or movie she's in. Yeah. <laughs> well, which, ironically, I, I, I'm pretty sure, you know, China... <clears throat> Um, India, Africa all have more, you know, of a, or a larger footprint Mm -hmm. than the United States does at this point. Yeah. Um, I'm, I don't know if it's changed in the past, but the past is in the past and we can only change the future. Mm -hmm. But at, at this point in time, they all have larger, you know, carbon footprints than us. Yeah. And they're having way more pollution. I don't know. It's, it's just sad that. You're pre. It's almost like you're preaching to. I don't want to say the choir, but you're preaching to an empty, an empty courtyard where there's yeah. you can't. You're on your soapbox, but there's literally no one to listen to you except, like you know, an abandoned dog and some rats <laughs> fighting over cheese, or rats fighting over the pizza like yeah. in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like when Trump gets you know, tens of thousands of people at his rallies. And the fake news doesn't cover it, but then they cover Biden, who gets, you know, 50 people at one of his town halls, and they act like he's doing amazing or something. <laughs> so, same, same old, same old. Yeah, and for me, it's like a lot of these po- these talking points are falling on deaf ears at this point because people are seeing right through it because I th- I think because of the advent of social media and how how um what's the word how. Oh, shit. How accessible everything is nowadays. You know, so if Joe Biden sticks his foot in his mouth like he does every day, you know, you could see it. You could go on Twitter and find it within like an hour or two or maybe less. Sure. So. Well, it's a good thing he's running for Senate, so Donald Trump <laughs> will have no competition when he's getting, getting president. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, we're about an hour, so if you want to wrap up. Here. I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to get in here. No, I think I think good place to end for this week. Uh, we appreciate anyone listening. Uh, keep searching for the truth. Keep trying trying to find your true self and keep fighting the shadow that is in all of us. Hmm. Because until we can learn to combat our own shadow, we cannot learn to overcome what is holding us back from what we are trying to reach. I like that and 
Yeah, and I'll add to that too. Um, the only thing to fear is fear itself. Sometimes I have a hard time looking at things on social media where, you know, some of these Democrat nominees are actually getting confronted. But once you actually view it, it it does it's okay. Like it it feels good to know the truth and see what's actually going on. Um, sometimes these things can be daunting, but they are definitely worth looking into. And I agree with Klaus. Um, do the research for yourself, and I think you'll, you might end up having more curiosity in the end. And um, with that, uh, LTR Pod on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts, uh, LTR Pod 55 on Twitter, and LPR, LTRPod.com. Stay frosty, friends, and the best is yet to come.